0: GM Zinger Nation, welcome back to Moon or Bust, your home for all things crypto at Benzinga. We've got a great show coming up for you today. Ryan, what are we going to be talking about? Oh, we got a
1: lot planned. As always, we'll be going over the crypto markets, taking a look at some NFTs. And then we have a really cool interview with David Bianchi, famous actor and filmmaker. He's launched a few NFTs and he has a few more on the way. So I'm excited to learn more about that right around 2.40 p.m.
0: Very, very cool. If you guys are new to Benzinga, make sure you subscribe to the main channel. And if you're here for the crypto content, check out the Benzinga Crypto Separate YouTube channel. First link in the description below, right below that like button, which I know you already smashed. I know you did. So thank you in advance. Um, But yeah, make sure you go check out that. We've got some really cool short content from the Moon or Bust episodes going out there. So run it up, share it with your friends. Uh, Let's grow this Zinger Nation family.
1: What you thinking, Ryan? I think we should take a look at the markets. Uh, I've been chugging along this week, real tired today, and my, my week's really just getting going because I'm flying out to Denver tomorrow. Logan, you're coming in on Sunday, right?
0: Yes, I am. I'm flying into Denver Sunday morning, right before the Super Bowl. We're going to have to find uh, a cool spot to go watch it at. I'm counting on you to scope out the area for me before I get there.
1: I'm sure we can watch it with a lot of other Ethereans at ETH Denver. I don't know how much they pay attention to the Super Bowl, but I know a lot of crypto will be at the Super Bowl, so I have a feeling that's why a lot of these guys will be watching. We will cover that today, too. Uh, I mean, FTX, Crypto.com, Binance, Coinbase, Budweiser, they're all advertising at the Super Bowl. Budweiser, I think, is pretty interesting, but yeah, we'll get into that after the markets.
0: Dude, I just broke it. Look. Oh, look what I did. You're going to be charged for that. Don't tell producer Rohan, please, please don't tell him.
1: That's five ETH
0: right there. Shoot. All right. Uh, should we pull up the charts? Uh, I want to know first of all. First off, I want to toss it out to the chat. Let me know how you guys are doing today. How are you feeling about the markets on this dreary, sleepy Friday afternoon? Are there any coins you're looking at? You see anything ripping that we haven't talked about before on the show? Any NFT projects you're looking at? General thoughts on the market, you know, your favorite color, whatever it is, drop a comment right now. All right, charts. Here we go.
1: Honestly, not too much is happening, Logan. I I don't even know what to say about these charts. I mean, we had some good green volume. We had a couple big candlesticks, but we've been chilling now for around the past week. We're at $3,000 for Ethereum. We're around $43,000 for Bitcoin. I thought we'd be seeing a little bit more upside, but honestly, we almost touched that bull market support band that we like to look at. Uh, It's not filled in all the way, but we'll see that maybe in a few days. It looks like we almost tested it. It It's trending down a little bit, so I wouldn't be surprised if we tested it already. Uh, But hopefully, we'll be able to test it again and hopefully break through uh, maybe within a couple weeks. But if we see more movement to the downside, I mean, it could be months. What do you think, Logan?
0: Uh, I'm pretty optimistic at this point. Uh, I don't think it will be months. I think that this was a nice test of the 46K level that we spent quite a bit of time at uh, over the past year. So, you know, we, we got up, we we retested it, bounced off, do a little consolidation, uh, you know, maybe move sideways for a couple days uh, a week or two at most. Um, but I think next up, we turn this into support and, and we retest the resistance Uh, of the bull market support band. What do you think? Do you think that all of these crypto ads
1: that will be playing during the Super Bowl will have an effect on the markets? Yes. Hopefully to the upside, not the downside.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl is one of the most viewed, if not the most viewed television events of the year. Huge, huge, huge marketing spend goes into it. Uh, You know, it's Gets more and more expensive to buy an advertisement slot each and every year. So what's going to be the most profitable thing to advertise? If I had to guess, it's going to be crypto or NFT projects or platforms. I think that we'll see these companies outspending all of the traditional competition to get it out there. Super Bowl, super cycle, super sparker.
1: Super Bowl, cycle, super, super bowl, cycle. Super Cycle, Super Bowl?
0: Yes. I like that one. Yes.
1: We'll go with that.
0: Yep. <laughs> Let us know what you guys think. Are you going to be watching the Super Bowl? Are there any particular commercials you're looking forward to? Any any companies you want to call, predict, might be making an appearance? Any uh, NFT collections you think might be making an appearance? Ryan, are Dude, we going to see bet, the Bored Ape Yacht Club? I bet
1: we'll see Bored Ape Yacht Club. I don't think we'll see anything else. But if I had to bet on it, I think we will see Bored Ape Yacht Club. Probably not during the halftime show or not in any big way. But I think that still is a possibility. I mean, Eminem is playing. He has a Board Ape. And then is it, it's Snoop Dogg too, right? And he also has a Board Ape. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Bored Ape Yacht Club make an appearance during the Super Bowl. Uh, but more likely than not, it might be in like a commercial, maybe for Coinbase NFT platform or we might see it on the sidelines something else but we'll see here on sunday and cover it next week for sure
0: heck yeah we got some good comments in the chat uh patrick asking about axie infinity have not been able to play it lately unfortunately um but maybe in the future we can circle back Riffref wants to take a look at cardano and ripple those Riff are some Riff Raff riff-raff coins if I've ever seen
1: Riffraff, them. are you trying to get on my nerves right now? Do you <laughs> know that I don't like these coins?
0: Let me uh, know. Are uh, you trolling? Ryan, did you hear about the Squiggles NFT project?
1: I did hear about it. I know they had a Dutch auction starting at 1 ETH, and now they're trading at like 0. 0.7. But I really didn't hear too much about it other than that. I don't know who made this project. It was decently hyped, though. What do you know about it, Logan?
0: Yeah, so uh basically it was more or less just a, a giant scam uh you know noah posner in the chat is letting us know that they got caught for wash trading were delisted from OpenSea, uh and so yeah i think that's the end of that project but um, wash trading pre mint, like how did that work do you know i don't think it was pre mint. i think okay, it, it was must afterwards have been after. yeah yeah, that I mean, makes sense. You can't trade something that's not minted, Ryan. Come on. This is true. That's
1: why they pay you the big
0: bucks, Logan. You're so smart. Here comes the money. <laughs> not the one I wanted. Uh, all right, never mind. Too late. Missed my chance. Um, All right. We got OpenSea pulled up, Ryan. Any collections you want to take a look at? You about to buy a heart? I am about to buy a heart. Uh,
1: Probably today. I did sell my killer girlfriend. I think I mentioned that on the last episode. And I've been putting offers in on the heart project. I do think it's pretty solid. You've been shilling me for quite a while now, Logan. my job. I am trying to get one. There's some cool ones on the market right now. We did see the Heart Project go up to over one ETH briefly, and now the floor's back down to 0.4. But I think the fundamentals are pretty good on this project. They have a lot of big-name celebrities in on it. So I'm excited to see what's to come for the Heart Project. And, yeah, I'll be buying one hopefully later tonight. I do have to pack for ETH Denver, though, so we'll see if I get to it. have a couple offers on the table. Hopefully one of those will just get accepted.
0: We're looking through the activity right here. Uh, do you see any of the ones you placed an offer on by chance? It wasn't this uh, one or this one. If you one, go
1: to the laser eyes, you can see the one I currently have an offer on. Okay. I've tried a couple. Whoa. If that one doesn't get accepted, and actually, Logan, pull it up because my offer expired last night. I haven't checked yet.
0: What? Um, how, how do I find it?
1: Filter by laser eyes on OpenSea. All
0: right. Filter. Mm, I don't think it was listed, was it? Uh, so it was listed. See. It's not listed anymore. The eyes, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Lasers. What is it about laser eyes in crypto?
1: Started with Bitcoin. Now it's just part of the culture. Okay, so you have buy now on. It's not listed. So I do not
0: have buy now on.
1: Oh. I don't know if we'll be able to find it.
0: Well, there's only like 44 of them, so okay. it's got to be around here somewhere.
1: Has a green background. He has a work bag. Pretty cool guy. He has your hairstyle,
0: Logan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Here it is. This right is the there. one, right? Yep. It looks kind of like me. My it face does, is yeah. the same color.
1: You're a businessman. He has a little business satchel.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, is that, that, or is that like an empty golf
1: bag? Mm, could be. Or is Did is it, it, it sell last night? I need to know if I own this thing.
0: Current price, it's actually for sale for uh, 0.8 They right relisted.
1: Now. I guess they don't have paper hands. I offered 0. 0.7. I thought that would do it, but apparently not.
0: They paid 0. 0.7 for it, though. So,
1: so I should offer 0. 0.71 so they can say they made profit.
0: There you go. <laughs> Sounds like a winning idea <laughs> to me. Uh, let's see. Let's see. All right. Should we take a look at some coins? I see we have David backstage david uh we are planning on talking to you in about 25 minutes from now um if if you have to go before then if you'd rather do it right now um you can just give us a wave but otherwise you feel free to hang out backstage uh listen in to, to what we got going on take your time okay awesome um excited to talk to you uh but yeah let's get back to the markets ryan we took a look at bitcoin Let's take a look at Ethereum and I know you put down the Bitcoin ETH pair uh, to look at today as well. So we can flip over to that, Uh, but I'll, I'll let you take it away.
1: Yeah, let's just do Ethereum. And Logan, I always love these lines you draw on the chart. They Thank work you. out so well. We are about to test it now as support after we broke out of this range. So this is a really interesting point for Ethereum. And we are at $3,000, which is a psychological barrier. So let's see how this plays out. I think we could hold $3,000, but it's really dependent on what Bitcoin does. It really is the market leader and an indicator for the rest of the markets. What do you think's going on here?
0: Well, as as much as it is a market indicator, the, the biggest market indicator that's out there are the lines that I draw on these charts for Moonerbus, right? This facts, So, yes. you know, taking that into consideration, I feel like we should just draw a new line like right here. Oh. Um, so this is what's going to happen now. Uh, you heard it here first.
1: That's some alpha.
0: Bounce off 3K straight to 6,500. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, but it's not impossible. I do think we'll bounce off Uh, 3,000. Whether or not we'll get that high is probably unrealistic. I think we'll probably get somewhere in the middle of the bull market support band right here, and then we'll trade sideways for a little bit. And at that point in time, NFTs will be going crazy, crazy, crazy. And then once, once it goes over 5K again and starts consolidating, oh man, oh man, I can quit my job at McDonald's and uh go full-time at benzinga finally
1: (laughs) finally yes exciting stuff man exciting stuff i'm kind of worried about the nft market we saw a lot of projects fall in eth value over the last week or two i mean we saw the mutants go up to 28 and now they're under 20 and a lot of other projects have followed suit. azuki's down bad right now a lot of the anime projects are down uh significantly from their all-time highs about 50 percent off in terms of ethereum so why do you think that, you know, if Ethereum goes up, that we'll see NFTs go up alongside it, usually we see the opposite.
0: Yeah. So, you know, during the you know, during a long period of of up in ETH, we, we see it do the opposite, right? You know, people still price their NFTs in US dollars, uh, to, to some extent, right? Not me. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Not, not gonna make it, question mark. Um, but, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, NFTs bottoming while ETH is also bottoming, in, in my opinion. So I think that it, we'll see something similar to what we saw in January, where ETH takes off. Uh, you know, last January, we saw ETH double from 2,000 to 4,000 in, in just about a month. Uh, and, and from there, it consolidated and NFTs really took off. So, you know, it set that new all-time high. People were paying attention to the space at, at a greatly accelerating rate and then, you know, ETH chilled out. People wanted the volatility. They came to crypto for the volatility. Where is it? I don't care about ETH going sideways. I'm going to put it all in NFTs for the time being to see if I can make some money, increase my ETH, my total ETH amount. Uh, That is obviously the goal of trading NFTs is to increase your ETH stack in total. Uh, or just to to be a collector, you know, you you never overpay if you're buying it for the art. This is facts.
1: Logan, on the topic of NFTs, we saw a really funny clip from Gary V come out a few days ago, (laughs) turning into a meme on Twitter. Now, I laughed my ass off when I saw this one. Not the biggest fan of Gary V, but this was funny as hell. And (laughs) I like him a lot more now. So uh, I have that linked
0: up. We should play it. All right, here we go. Here we go. We'll do a little
2: where suits apparently reaction.
3: are taking on I mean it's problematic at best in some ways um, how do you see what's happening in the crypto space today I, I don't think the crypto space has any more problematic issues than the internet society at large mainstream media Wall Street uh, you know I think it's a new avenue of innovation and I I think every avenue of innovation has good characters and bad characters. So how do I look at it? I look at it as a new platform where consumers and humans will evolve and all the good and the human
2: behavior will play out on the platform.
3: What about the the exciting world of the enemies?
1: Oh, no, it's buffering. You fumbled he pauses, the bag so he hard. He pauses here for like 10 seconds just to
0: make her contemplate her question. <laughs> she said, you know, crypto is problematic at best. And then Gary just destroyed her. And she's like, what about the NFTSs? Tell me about them. And Gary's face, I mean, it says it all. It really says it all. I don't know why this is buffering. Let me refresh it real quick. It really ruined the timing, is everything on this clip. Gary's um, pauses you know, are just poetic. All right, here we go. Here, here, here we go.
3: What about the uh, exciting world of teas?
0: No! Uh, Come I
1: don't on! I think it's going to let us. I think CNBC might be doxing us right now or something.
0: <laughs> Web3 fixes this. Come on.
1: All right, I don't think it's going to happen. You want to talk crypto at the Super Bowl a little bit?
0: Uh, let let, me, me, get, let me get one more, one more try. Um, it's it's know, just it's too sorry. good of a clip to, to miss. These these are these are
2: things-
0: oh, here we go. It's working. It's working. It was working. You know, it's 2022. You think that that a YouTube video could load. But I guess not. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to, to business. Super Bowl's at the NFT, Ryan. Super Bowls at the
1: NFTs. Super Bowls at the Super NFTs. Super Bowls at the crypto. Big big news. Uh, but yeah, there's gonna be a lot of crypto at the Super Bowl, guys. FTX is advertising. We'll probably see Tom Brady, uh, and they're giving out a bunch of Bitcoin too. So I think it's like one Bitcoin for every minute they air during the Super Bowl, or maybe yeah. it's every second. It's it's a good amount of Bitcoin. Crypto.com is also advertising. We'll probably see Matt Damon. I think it's about time we see a new commercial from Crypto.com. I think now's the time we're gonna see it. I'm getting. A a little bit sick of seeing the same one over and over, so I'm excited for that. Binance won't be having a commercial, but they are doing a really cool promotion during the Super Bowl. They're giving away POAP NFTs every time that another crypto firm advertises during the Super Bowl, and those are going to be limited to only 2,222 POAP NFTs, so it's going to be a race to get them. Uh, I think it's Crypto Celeb Alert. Uh, on Binance. If you look up Crypto Celeb Alert Binance, you'll probably find the page. But essentially, it's just a button you have to press as soon as you see a crypto firm advertise at the Super Bowl. And then you'll be entitled to claim a POAP NFT of that experience. So pretty cool stuff. Ogan, do you think this POAP could actually be worth something down the line? We haven't really seen any secondary markets for POAP NFTs. But being that this one is limited to 2,222, being that this has to do with the Super Bowl, with celebrities, with other crypto companies, I could see there maybe being a market for it. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I think maybe. Uh, I don't know how hype it will be if it's just like a Binance giveaway. I mean, it's going to be free at first. Right. I guess it depends on how rare it looks. This is true. It's always the most important factor. Um, but speaking of Binance, got to... Gotta, pretty interesting story. Ah, crap, I shared uh, the wrong thing. One second, one second. I swear I've done this before. Okay, Forbes, the big media outlet, not quite as good as Benzinga, but hey, they're trying. Um, You know, recently, just the other day, actually, I think it was yesterday, Binance announced a $200 million strategic investment in Forbes. Talk about controlling the narrative, Ryan. Why do you think Binance wanted to take a stake in Forbes. Exactly what you said,
1: controlling the narrative. And I think they need to play a bigger role in the US. I think Binance US is kind of struggling right now. Binance.com worldwide, I mean, that's huge. Doesn't really have any huge competitors, maybe Coinbase, but I mean, Binance is just so big, but they aren't really that prevalent in the US. So if I had to guess, this is a way for them to break into the US markets a little bit better, also control the media a little bit. It's interesting. I didn't read too much into it, Logan. I'm curious your thoughts as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't get too deep into it either, um, but I mean, it, it's a pretty obvious obvious play, right? Like they're trying to, uh, you know, branch into the U.S. markets as an exchange, right? Binance is the, the biggest exchange globally, uh, but not in the U.S. Um, so that's clearly one thing that they're trying to do. Another thing I think is to control the narrative around crypto regulation environmental concerns, uh, you know, which exchange is the safest. I wonder what Forbes is going to tell you now. Um, it's kind of interesting to see that, uh, you know, Forbes was okay with this type of acquisition. I mean, I'm sure the the details and the journalistic integrity were a, a hot topic of discussion when making this deal. Um, but what what do you guys think? about forbes and binance is this a good move is this shady uh would it get you to use binance i mean I i don't really care uh yeah so logan a couple
1: days ago i was watching the winter olympics late at night and a Coinbase NFT commercial came on. I have never seen a Coinbase NFT commercial before, but they were advertising it during the Olympics. And I found this really interesting because a lot of these companies that are buying Super Bowl slots also need to buy slots during the Olympics. So I'm thinking that Coinbase will be advertising during the Super Bowl. That has been announced, but I think they'll be advertising their new NFT platform. My question is, do you think that their NFT platform might be coming out next week, you know, as soon as they're advertising this with a hundred million viewers uh, watching the Super Bowl, I think it could be a smart play for them to start rolling this product out to consumers maybe next week. Maybe that's too hopeful. Uh, but I bet we will be seeing this Coinbase NFT commercial during the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I think we will. And, and you know, we've been waiting for the Coinbase NFT platform for what it, what feels like 75 years. Uh, so, I mean, they're running out of time if they want to, you know, take a share of the market, uh, and, and you know, be the first, first mover advantage for retail. Um, you know, they're, they're really running out of time. They have to step it up. So much competition in this space right now. We saw OpenSea just made the huge acquisition of Dharma Uh, To try to increase their their mobile user experience, Uh, but the Coinbase wallet app, I I don't use it personally, but I saw somebody else using it the other day. I said, "Wow, what is that? That looks really good." Um, So I'm definitely gonna have to go check it out. Maybe uh, set up a wallet over there and and play around with it. But like seriously, when Coinbase NFT platform been asking this forever, uh, you know. OpenSea has what, like half a million active users, and there's 3 million people on the wait list for Coinbase NFT, right? That's a 6x in potential monthly active users or you know, NFT investors to begin with. People are going to be, uh, you know, we're going to see wallets that have never held NFTs, uh, you know, pick up NFTs in masses, like huge, huge, huge amounts. I wouldn't be surprised if the total wallet's holding NFTs doubled within the first month, right? And and so that's Mm -hmm. why I've been so bullish on NFTs. Uh, You know, say ETH starts moving towards new all-time highs. There's going to be a lot of attention on this space. We see the big banks calling out Ethereum might be the better investment than Bitcoin. Uh, They probably watched Moon or Bust from a year ago (laughs) when we said that. Um, but, But, you know, all eyes are going to be on crypto blockchain assets, and NFTs are the most fun way to get involved in the space. NFTs will be the biggest tool for mass adoption. Uh, And so I'm excited to see that take hold in the United States this year. I think that, you know, like I said before, Super Bowl, Super Cycle, Super Sparker.
1: Super Bowl at the Crypto. Logan, Super
0: Bowl at the Crypto, baby. (laughs) I
1: I put a a link to a video demo of Coinbase's NFT platform in our doc. If you want to pull that up, show the audience what it's all about. But the product looks like it's completely ready now. And they just posted this six days ago. So that was really interesting. I watched it earlier. seems like a really good user experience. And I bet a lot of these people, a lot of these 3 million people that are on the waitlist right now, will be really excited to use this platform as soon as they get access to it.
0: I have not seen this before, so you're about to get a live reaction. Let me put it up here. Uh, I got to share the tab. And hopefully it loads this time. Yeah, you got one job. All right. Heyo. Coinbase NFT. When? When? This is PTSD. This is this is me waiting for the NFT platform to launch, represented metaphorically by this buffering sign.
2: Hey everybody, this is Sanction Sixena, VP of Product at Coinbase.
0: Ah, oh, jeez. Cut our
1: losses, Logan. What do you think? You can get better internet connection.
0: If I had losses, I would cut them right now. Uh why 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 come on and
2: today i am going to do a sneak peek of coinbase nft what you see on your screen
0: i quit
1: bye logan i know it can be frustrating at times everybody needs a little mental break every once in a while
0: oh you're back nice to see you didn't give up yeah i took a took a mental break feeling better now good Logan, did you see of the NFT. advertisement
1: a lot that to Budweiser talk about in oh,
2: subsequent videos? But on, I would like to focus on how easy it is for anybody to sign in and get started with Coinbase NFT. When you hit sign in, you can either sign in with a self custody wallet like MetaMask or Coinbase Wallet, or you can sign in using your Coinbase credentials. Buy any NFT and then custody it with Coinbase as well. Huge. I'm going to use Coinbase Wallet an example in this demo. And I'll be able to connect very easily using my Coinbase wallet credentials. Once connected, I will be prompted for some basic information. First of which would be your
0: username and password. Ryan, talk about custody wallets. First, what is a custody wallet? And two, what does it mean for NFT adoption?
1: Uh, custody wallet, you actually own your crypto with, right? So you have your private keys. No, no, you, no. That's the other way around. Custodial wallet. So a custodied wallet, that is really important for adoption too, because a lot of people don't want to be paying these gas fees, especially on Ethereum. So Coinbase has both options. I think that's a really smart play. Get both the users who are brand new into NFTs. Maybe want to make a purchase, but they don't want to spend the high gas fees on Ethereum. Uh, so they can do that through a custodied wallet because you don't have to be transacting on-chain if Coinbase holds custody of these NFTs. They can just switch it between accounts on their platform. But then for the you know DeFi enthusiasts, the people that want to use the block, blockchain, they have that option. So I think that's great. Uh, then they'll really truly own their NFTs. I know a lot of people care a lot about that. So doing both of these, I think, is really smart. We've seen some other platforms you know, go about it in different ways. But I think Coinbase is taking their time to make a really good product. And I bet it's going to be a huge success. I mean, I think they could probably wait this long, Logan. I know we've been waiting forever, but I don't think being first to market is all that important for Coinbase because they already have three million people on their wait list. They have such a big user that, I I mean, all those people will be using Coinbase NFT. They're not switching over to, you know, another platform. And a lot of them don't want to be using Ethereum and use OpenSea. So I don't think it's Mm. too much of a threat, but they do have to get going. I mean, it's been like six months now, uh, but I hope to see it, you know, this month or next month. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Me too. And on the topic of, you know, Coinbase holding NFTs, Coinbase custodying assets for their users, um I know that that is a huge 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 thing. I know that there's way too much money being trusted to for Coinbase to hold right now, um simply because people do not want the responsibility of managing their own private keys, figuring out how to set up an Ethereum wallet, making sure that they complete transfers and don't interact with dangerous protocols. There's so much smart contract risk that's out there. So Coinbase just says, "Hey, We'll hold your assets for you. Uh, you know, you can you can feel like you have ownership. We'll give you your own, you know, proprietary display of, of what assets you have. But truly, they're in one giant wallet with everybody else's funds just mixed around. Um, but yeah, for NFT adoption, it's like. Uh, You know, we write so many articles on Benzinga.com. How to buy NFTs? Like, you first you got to buy ETH on an exchange. Then you got to create a wallet. Then you got to send that ETH to that wallet. And then you got to do two-factor authentication. And if you mess up one character in the wallet, all your money's gone forever. So, uh, you know, custody is such a huge, 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 uh, you know, part of the user experience needed for crypto to become truly mainstream. Right. And so this is almost what I'm excited about more than anything else is that we're going to see all this money, all this ETH that's stored on Coinbase, custodied by Coinbase, hit the NFT markets like that as soon as it happens. So bullish. Um, Let me know what you guys think. In the comments down below, we got 130 viewers right now, but only 16 likes. Ryan, I think I'm going to have to cry. Uh, you know, for the next five, 10 minutes before we get this interview started. 16 likes, man. I, I drove all the way down here. 45 minutes. It's sad, Logan. It's really sad. You know what? It's gonna be okay. It's. Yeah, thank it's you. Here. Thank you. Guys, just, just hit the like button.
1: Please, please, guys. We're not asking
0: for that much. I don't even I don't even want your seed phrase. I just want to like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All the OG loyal moonerbus viewers, we appreciate you. and this is a good time to, to bring up that we are both on Twitter and if you send us a DM, you'll find out what happens. I don't want to spoil the surprise, but uh, make sure you are connected with both of us. I know you can't see the uh, the, the names on the stream today because uh, Rohan, producer Rohan, put a, our name as Mob Gang Gang. Um, but, you know, I'll just drop drop a comment real quick. And let's see, what time is it?
1: It's 2.33. We can get into this interview here in a couple minutes. Uh, there is one more Super Bowl co- commercial I haven't mentioned yet, and that's Budweiser's. We saw Budweiser get beer.eth. Uh, that was one of the, the, one of the ENS domain names that was chosen by Budweiser really early on. Uh, and now they're partnering with Nouns Dow, which is an nFT project that releases one nFT every day for eternity. It's really interesting. Mm. So now Budweiser not only has an ENS domain name, not only do they have their own crypto project and an NFT profile picture, but they're partnered with a decentralized autonomous organization for a Super Bowl commercial. Now, it's not exactly a partnership for the commercial, but they do give Dow a shout out. There's like a little metaverse art gallery within the commercial where you see the Dow glasses, the iconic pixelated glasses from Noun's NounsDAO. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. I have a video, but I, I don't think it'll play play unfortunately today but I did want to bring that to everyone's attention if you see that uh, during the Super Bowl while you're watching the Super Bowl just know that is the nouns Dow collaborating with Budweiser
0: Uh, yeah I mean the Budweiser commercial is like historical right everybody is always waiting for the Budweiser commercial Uh, they want to see the horses and maybe we'll get NFT horses this year what do you think some Zed Run horses that would be meta that would be And, and I'm not talking about Mark Zuckerberg uh all right. Anything else Super Bowl, crypto, market related? We I know we got some tickers in the chat, Ryan. Are there any that you want to take a look at uh before we talk to David?
1: No, I mean, David's been backstage. I think we bring him on and get this interview started. I'm excited for
0: it. All right. Uh Ryan, do you have a little introduction that that you could
1: So I'm sure David will fill us in, but he's a filmmaker and actor, super accomplished guy. He's released some NFTs recently. He has some more on the way. He's acted in some movies like Westworld. He's been in Birds of Prey and even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, as well as a dozen other different movies and films. He also coined the term spinema, which we'll be learning about today. Uh, Really interesting stuff, but let's get him on stream.
0: Without further ado, David, welcome to Moon or Bust. Thank you for hey. joining us here, I love the hoodie.
3: oh that's Hey, strong, David, had to do it, guys. I'm I'm such a D gen, you know. I'm, I'm so I'm so, <laughs> I'm so deep in Hollywood, man. But no matter what, I'm such a I'm I'm such a mad fucking bullish crypto for sure.
0: What's up, fella? David? How you doing? Tell us about the crypto scene in Hollywood. Is, is it you are seeing mass adoption there? Is it is it bigger than <laughs> other cities you might have visited recently? i mean i think that there's two major hubs for crypto right now it's it's los angeles
3: and it's new york and it's a little bit miami but miami is more coin more than it is nft Mm. so i definitely think that new york and la are nft and la is getting more and more bullish by the day i mean we're seeing you know great great organizations like after party that are onboarding like serious celebs and and um you know, even in even in Hollywood, like last night I was at the the Bel Air premiere for the new show on Peacock. And I ended up talking to one of the showrunners about NFTs. So everybody is sort of like they're kind of like curious. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. mm, they're dancing with it because they've heard of it. But it's like this weird acronym that sounds like some sort of like, you know, <laughs> member of the periodic table of elements. And nobody nobody really knows, you know, but it, more and more it's becoming part of who we are.
0: And I'm pushing that. What do you think is holding back adoption? Is it just like that it seems like this daunting huge concept people don't understand how simple it might be or is it not simple enough yet? Do you think Coinbase NFT is going to play a factor here?
3: I think it's all of the above, man. I mean the you know, you guys were just talking about it. Like what what's the barrier of entry, right? Oh, I have to have ETH and then I've got to transfer it to this like hot wallet and I've got to have a seed <laughs> phrase to set that up and then I've got to connect it to this platform. And there's nothing more daunting than like buying an NFT or transferring crypto and your money is in the ether and you're like (laughs) and you're grabbing onto your wallet and you're chomping your belt you know what i mean and i think that normies just they just don't want to do all that it's like i turn the lights on the lights work i don't need to know how the circuitry works and i think that mass Mm -hmm. adoption is only going to happen when the user interfaces make it that simple right perfect analogy I i think we're getting to that place
1: Especially with MetaMask, too. You can't call anyone. There's no customer support. You know, you work on your own behalf. Once you have Coinbase, you know, someone else to be held responsible for your mistakes. I think that's going to play a huge role in it, too
3: well yeah and you know that's a great point and customer service too so like you guys were talking earlier about projects that are fucking rug pulls like who do you call ghostbusters ain't here to help you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like you know oh I, lo- I i got i lost five eth on a rug pull i mean who you <laughs> there's no man with a beard floating in the sky that's going to help you you know actually you know speaking of that like tom bilyeu for example like he actually like refunded people on, on his nfts if they were unhappy with the product and that was the mm. first time that i had actually seen like web3 customer service where someone who was at the top of the drop was like hey i love the community i believe what i'm doing i'm bullish on my project if you're not happy with it i'll refund your eth so i think more and more those sorts of things are going to start happening but you're absolutely right coinbase with what they're doing creating a sort of custodial environment you know mm. to create a protectionism i think is really going to give people consumer confidence because what makes things bullish consumer confidence what are their behaviors if i buy this am i going to get an roi or is my investment going to be protected and those are things that fundamentally in nfts aren't because it's exciting for guys like us to know what we're doing and we're making money and we're creating great art and we're doing all this stuff but it's a dangerous place everywhere you turn is a malicious link you know mm-hmm. and there's bad mm-hmm. actors in in every field just like gary said you know mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: I couldn't have said it better myself
1: so, David, for our viewers who may not be aware of your career in Hollywood, could you give us like a high-level overview of what you've done in your career, and maybe how you got exposed to NFTs, and what made you, you know, start a collection of your own?
3: Sure. Um, appreciate the question. Yeah, I've been working in Hollywood. I got my SAG, I got my SAG card in two thousand four. So I've got over a hundred professional film and television credits as an actor and as an independent filmmaker. And I have a production company called Exertion Films. And about about 50 over actually 17 years ago i started producing short films told entirely in poetry because i'm also globally known as a spoken word poet and so as i was submitting these to festivals blah 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 blah, blah fast forward 10 years later i realized that i started this art genre that nobody in the world is producing high concept cinematic experimental short films told in poetry that are socially conscious that are talking about the ills of society and so i created this genre called spinema spinning cinema through spoken word uh flash forward to where we are now April 2021, I minted my first NFT, which was the first ever spoken word film as an NFT. And um, it ended up successfully auctioning to MetaPurse. And those are the guys that acquired the $69 million people. Uh, MetaCoven is the leader behind that organization. I love those. They're amazing human beings. That ended up getting picked up by Forbes. And this is a project called I Can't Breathe, which was my soliloquy to the death of George Floyd. And so I donated all the proceeds to the George Floyd Memorial Foundation. So social impact, um, you know, philanthropic work. But more importantly, uh, creating art that is stimulating, that is thought provoking, that raises a conversation. Like I shout out to Hearts and the Board Apes and all that. But I just fundamentally yeah. believe that NFTs don't have to be bitcoins and lollipops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, fine art made NFT sexy. So my my lane is focusing on fine art and uh, and also pushing the barriers of long form NFTs and pushing the barriers of cinema in crypto art and changing the perception of what an nft is and as a result of that i've I've been really successful like pranksy manduar as i mentioned Metapurse, keith grossman the president of time magazine um you know norcal guy these are these are you know sophisticated bull collectors that collect my work and um so as a result of that man i i've just been pushing the doors down and um, I'm recurring on a bunch of shows. I'm on Queen of the South. I'm on uh, I'm on Seal Team, and I'm shooting a show in Vancouver right now. I just got back from Hawaii from shooting NCIS Hawaii, and shooting a Spielberg show with Universal called Resident Alien right now in Vancouver. So I'm busy, but even between that, I'm like in my hotel room in Vancouver, like Durr. I'm like I'm, <laughs> I'm really cracking out on Web three shit. <laughs> you know, I learn my lines, and I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I love this stuff. I love this stuff.
0: I love to hear that. That's so cool. So so you talked about fine art and how it's not just bitcoins and lollipops that can be NFTs. Right now, we see you know, the majority of hype is surrounding these, NF, uh, these PFP projects, right? These yeah. 10,000 generative collections um, that really have no blockchain use case other than proving ownership and authenticity. Um, but there's other NFTs like the Ethereum name service, for example, that provides like a, a real resource, a real utility. And, and it makes people like, you know, double back and say, wait, I thought NFTs were just, you know, JPEGs. Right. Um, but here this, there's this thing that's doing so many other cool things. So, uh, you know, a question that I often encourage people to ask when they're starting a project or looking at investing in one is why does this project need to be on the blockchain? What does the blockchain benefit? How are you using it? Um, you know, does it really need to be taking up space on Ethereum, right? So mm-hmm. I know you've already launched some some NFT projects. Can you talk about some of the utility that you've provided uh, thus far, or or hope to in, like, incorporate or implement in the future?
3: Cool. It's um. I mean, it's it's a compound question. So I'll start with the fine art component. Um, what is the utility of fine art? It's fine art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, what does fine art do? It creates an emotional reaction, right? Um, it creates a catharsis. It, it moves something in you. That's the utility of fine art. That's why you buy a Basquiat or a Pollock or you know, whatever you're hanging on your wall at home. That's the utility. It moves you and you enjoy it, right? So number mm-hmm. one. Number two, as it relates to NFTs, it is an appreciating asset class. And then the underlying currency is appreciated against the US dollar. So it's like, you know, profit on cocaine. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so there's, so there's that component to it. Right. Um, And then we talk about utility, like these PFP projects. I think that we're in a really interesting place right now where everybody is trying to follow the Board Ape Yacht Club model, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that PFPs right now are super saturating the market. I often compare what PFPs are to reality TV and scripted, right? So reality TV took over all the universe of television. Next thing you know, MTV was showing reality TV and VH1 was no longer music. It was just, you know, reality junk right? Eventually, the market got super saturated, people got wrecked, and then scripted TV came back with Netflix, right? Mm. So I think what's happening right now is that people are getting wrecked, people are getting tired of the animal of the week, people are buying into things, you know, completely blindsided just because they think they're bullish because there's a Twitter following and they're getting wrecked. Mm. And I think that what's going to happen is there's going to be a resurgence of fine art. So if you look at like Async, for example, did yeah. their blueprints drop, you know, like that's an example of like collectible PFP slash fine art, so I think that fine art is going to have a resurgence because fine art will always last. PFPs, the majority of these projects are going to go to shit and people mm-hmm. need to be really, really prepared for that. And you know, what, what, what are the fundamentals behind these PFP drops? Who are the developers? Are they, are they business people? Or are they kids that did a 10,000 avatar drop became multimillionaires overnight and they have no idea how to run a multimillion dollar business?
2: Mm-hmm. These
3: are things that you have to think about. So mm-hmm. when I buy into a project nowadays, I'm looking at, are they doxed? Are they business people? Do they have um, an existing track record of, of, of tech, fi- finance, and, and, and art? And does it look like these are people that I can invest into? Because I'm basically buying stock in their project. Even mm-hmm. if I'm buying and flipping, I want to make sure that if I'm minting, I'm going to be able to sell it for 0.25, or 0.3, or whatever it might be. Or even you know point two. who knows? Or maybe it goes to five mm-hmm. or six. So there's all that. The utility about my art, to get to that question, is one, I'm creating art that is socially conscious. So there's so I'm creating social impact art and one it's just mm-hmm. it's great art. Two, it's groundbreaking art because no one's doing what I'm doing in the space. And then three, I donate portions of my equity to nonprofits that are changing the real world in real time. So last year alone I donated over $45,000 to nonprofits that are helping the real world because I'm also interested in being a part of the answer that I want to see in the world. So, and I also onboard nonprofits into cryptocurrency and teach people about the values of blockchain and the values of NFTs. So there's a lot going on in terms of what I do. And, um, you know, most recently I was at scope Miami at Art Basel. Nice. Um, you know, my stuff was curated by Metaverse and time magazine at NFT NYC. So I'm, I'm, I'm deep in it, you know? So I hope that answers your question
0: yeah no that's a, a perfect answer i also stopped by scope great event this year uh well, were you so doing like, uh, you i mean do- i must have
3: yeah so if you went did you go to did you go to the super rare booth i don't believe so okay yeah so i was in the super rare booth at scope miami so super rare had a dedicated booth at scope which is crazy because honestly i envision that in the next two years for anybody that knows miami all mm-hmm. of south Beach is going to be all crypto and all traditional art is going to be moved downtown because they don't mm-hmm. have the money they don't have the cultural velocity and they don't have the cultural relevance that crypto art and mm-hmm. nfts have
0: I've been thinking about, you know, moving to a crypto city eventually. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Miami being more about the coins uh, and then New York City and L.A. are, are more in the art NFT side. Um, you know, there's kind of a race between these cities to attract the the crypto talent. Do you have a, a take or an opinion on uh, who might come out as a winner here?
3: You know, um you know, I, I don't. I, I I don't, to be quite honest. I mean, I, I've I been in New York. I live in Los Angeles. I enjoy Miami. At the end of the day, we can live anywhere and do anything we want to do because all we need is a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. Uh, mm-hmm. New York, has, they have Wall Street, but they also have high art, right? L.A. is more high art-driven and, and less finance, and Miami is now quickly becoming finance predominantly, but also they have high culture. Um, mm-hmm. I think that um, Miami is probably going to start leading the pack a little bit um so I I think if I had to take a guess I think from a cultural perspective I think that Miami will slowly start to take over but LA I think currently is still leading the show I mean right now like you think about like this weekend with Super Bowl weekend in LA you know mm-hmm. there's so many massive parties that are going on that are that are football parties but are nft or crypto driven you know it's a that's world. awesome yeah, so man.
1: David, I was listening to one of your past interviews this morning and you said that you minted one of your short films fully on chain. It was 250 megabytes. So obviously you didn't use a low throughput blockchain like Ethereum. That just wouldn't make any sense. So I'm curious to know what platforms right now are you using to make your NFTs?
3: Well, to be honest, every NFT I've ever minted has been on the ERC. No way. Yeah. Everything I've ever minted has been on Ethereum. I've not well, what was the anything. gas
0: cost <laughs> <for that. laughs>
3: bro bro yeah fuck me um so so my genesis piece um is called i can't breathe and that is a five minute and 25 second film and i found a platform called ephemera and they allowed for 250 megabytes per minted nft so i basically took a 2k file and i compressed it down and got it to the right size so that way a collector was able to collect frame one to the last frame and collect an entire film, which is amazing. So then I went on to mint my second one on Ephemer as well. And, um, you know, these are super high concept films and I really, really look forward to, to seeing people's responses to them. They were all successfully auctioned off. The most recent one, Break the Bars, uh, was the first film to ever have a red carpet premiere in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And it was minted on Maker's Place and the file was 525 megabytes on chain. So, you can go to OpenSea and you can backchannel break the bars and you can watch the entire film as an NFT on OpenSea. And this was groundbreaking in that we took the Maker's Place gallery and completely changed the architecture, put a red carpet out front. We put a limousine, we had paparazzis with, with camera heads and a step and repeat. And we did over 2000 poaps in attendance. And so it created a model for how film can be consumed in the metaverse. Because at the end of the day, whether it's a real world premiere or a metaversal premiere, these are marketing campaigns for the release of a project. And fundamentally, this premiere was a marketing campaign for the release and the auction of the NFT drop. And it ended up then the drop ended up selling out on Maker's Place.
1: That's awesome. Even though those gas fees probably cost an arm and a leg, I think you made the right decision. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, this is a historically groundbreaking event. And to be historical like this, it kind of has to be on Ethereum. I think history has a big role in NFTs, especially on Ethereum's network. I mean, someone else could be doing this in the future. And if you weren't on Ethereum, then, you know, if that turns out to be the predominant blockchain in the future, it looks like maybe someone got to it before you if you, you know, minted on a different blockchain that doesn't really play out over the long
0: run. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, man. And I think that, um, you know, history will tell that the infrastructure is, where, is at Ethereum. i often compare like who's going to win the race is it going to be solana is it going to be tezos is it going to be ethereum okay so i look at it like you have ev vehicles electric vehicles then you got combustible engines the idea is that we'll all be driving ev vehicles and the world will be a, a healthier place the problem is if you move all the vehicles to ev the infrastructure is still built for combustible engines and coal you got the battleships you got the planes you got the ships you got the trains you've got everything else so Ethereum is like that infrastructure, it's easier to improve the existing infrastructure than it is to uproot an entire massive population of collectors, buyers and mentors to another Mm -hmm. chain. Right, 100 percent. So I think as Ethereum continues to improve the blockchain archaeologists, they will look back at 2021 and 2022 and they will look at who is doing it first and they're going to find David Bianchi and they're going to find the early adopters of long-form nfts people that are creating cinematic nfts in 2021 and 2022 and you know the people that don't buy my work today probably in 2025 are going to wish they did and that's why for me the provenance of my work will always live on the ethereum chain
2: that's awesome.
1: I love it. So, on this on this topic, uh, are you going to be staying on Ethereum for all of your collections, or will you consider maybe Layer Twos to have some lower value NFTs? What are your thoughts on this?
3: Um, as of right now, uh, I'm doing everything on, on the Ethereum uh, for the reasons I just mentioned. But the first my first non Ethereum mint is going to be on Polygon Matic, and that's I'm curated at ETH Denver so nice. part of uh, yeah so i'm minting on a platform called doing good and that's going to be my first nft that's going to be off ethereum but that's a result of a curation so you know the stuff where my energy goes is ethereum i mean even to mention the gas prices like i mean i'm talking like almost like seven grand was the cost of gas on my maker's place drop it was just madness wow. madness and so you know we're hoping that you know you know vitalik can uh can you know hit that ball and uh mm-hmm. and get, us to, get us to a better place so layer two is a, is a, is a good question and I, and I eventually will start exploring that
0: will we see you at ETH denver next week yeah
3: yeah i'll be there i'll be awesome there. In, in fact um so my genesis piece i can't breathe i'm performing that live at the denver art museum on wednesday the 16th um, so what's going to happen is I'm going to have a conversation about long-form NFTs and social impact NFTs. We're going to project the film above me, and I'm going to perform it live. And then I'm going awesome. to have a discussion on sort of like the evolution of, of long-form NFTs and how cinema is evolving in the metaverse and Web3 so definitely come check that out and listen go to super rare check out my current series on super rare and i'm, I'm going to shill it because we're here but you know what Please let me do. Say this. i'm presenting the work i'm not shilling the work because shilling is unwarranted truly uh, so it's a great series it's never been done before there's nobody on super rare that's using high cinema as one of one art and it's a series called the revolution is being televised and it focuses on on, on the anonymous mask and they're beautiful, high concept cinematic ones of ones. Where the first one is fiat, and I'm burning cash, and then it boom, it turns into the Bitcoin logo and hovers in his hands, you know. And then, uh, there's the second one that's up on auction now is called Computer. Um, so definitely check those out. Um, they're on auction, they were at Art Basel, and uh, I'm really excited about that. I've had 60 people work on this series. Wow! So when you think about it, people. Kind of- yeah, I mean, when you think about the kind of work that I do, especially in cinema, it's always collaborative. And there's a lot of pundits out there saying, well, is film digitally native? I say, fuck yeah. Because if we look at film as we know it today, there's nothing analog about what we do. Everything I do from filming to animatics to storyboarding to all the way up to the blockchain, it's all ones and zeros. Every, in fact, I would argue that filmmaking today is probably one of the highest forms of digital art as we know it. As a result of the collaborative nature and how complex it is, it's way more complex to produce a film than it is to sit on an iPad and create a little something, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you see the blockchain as a new type of canvas for artists to, to create stuff on?
3: Oh, without a, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, I think that NFTs, the idea of digital ownership, is the biggest revolution since painting on cave walls. Right, That was the first billboard painting on cave walls. We have not seen secondary ownership or secondary residual sales for artists ever in the history of mankind. And so I, my call to action is that if you're artists out there, get in there and get in there now while it's still early because we're still in the dial up phase of this stuff and be a part of this movement and be a part of one of the biggest revolutions in artistic history. So the answer is yes, 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 yes. The question is who's gonna end up leading the battle you know, a year from now, two years from now. Who's going to be the X copies of 2025? Who's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, the slime balls, uh, you know, and and the uh, you know the coldies? Who's who's going to be leading that ship, right? And when the conglomerates start stomping their feet around, you know, who's going to have a foothold on this thing and be able to hold on to their crafts and continue to be successful?
0: Mm-hmm. What what are some of the biggest things that you've learned through trial and error that you tell to other creatives who are thinking about making an NFT project?
3: I always tell artists to fundamentally is do enough exploration so you know what your voice is. That when you enter the NFT space and you want to mint your first NFT, know how you want to be identified because that's your branding. And one of the things that artists forget about is that we are entrepreneurs onto ourselves, right? So think about it from that perspective, right? So when you do step into the space and you want to mint a piece and let's say, for example, you know, Gang Gang wants to acquire one of my pieces. I need to know that you now are invested in me. So I need to continue to work towards protecting your investment and that relationship and look at it as a long-term business model, right? Mm -hmm. Because People are putting their hard earned money into you. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. you know, if you buy a David Bianchi piece, of course you're buying the art, but you're also buying into the artist because you know my story and you know what I stand for. You're like, man, that guy's got a moral compass. He really believes in what he's doing. He's changing the world through his art. I want to be a part of that impact, right? I want to own that work, and so I think it's really about looking at it in that perspective. That this is business. This is the art of selling, uh, buying, and selling. And take yourself seriously and take your work very seriously. And I think everybody else will.
0: I love it. Let's talk about collections. Uh, you know, outside of stuff that that you've made, what do you like to collect?
3: Um i guess what am i bullish on right now is that the question (laughs) um i'm super bullish on some women projects right now heavy bullish on boss beauties heavy bullish on world of women Uh, i minted those early i um, super bullish on on like Roboto's. I, I own, I obviously, I'm, a, I'm an ape bull, you know? Um, I've got you know, I've got some OG apes and some mutants and things like that. And I'll even tell you something crazy dog. Like I had a punk and I, I exited the punk project and then bought into the apes, which is probably like a short term play that I think eventually I'll get back into the punk. But I think short term, mm-hmm. I think it's a bullish move. It's, it's dangerous, it's risky um but you know you sort of just watch the market and right now the market is taking a hit like you know apes lost 30 eth in value at this point and the the og apes did and you, you were talking about the drop in the mutants so we'll see where it all lands or where it all goes um there's a dope project psychedelics anonymous i'm super i'm pretty bullish on that project too um so yeah man i do love the pfp craze don't get me don't get me wrong um and at the fine art level i love Coldy. you know um you know have some of his pieces and you know, it's uh, it's an exciting space, man. What are you guys collecting?
1: <laughs> hearts mostly. <laughs> Logan has been chilling hearts now for uh, a few weeks. But yeah, I'm I'm about to get in as well. Uh, we have some in the background, really interesting projects, a lot of artists yeah. behind it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the apes, too. I have a mutant, don't have a bored ape. But uh, other than that, I mean, ENS domain names I think are really interesting. I want to see how those play out. I think there could be a lot of speculation going into you know, the second half of 2022 with ENS domain names. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think you, I, I racked up some ENS domain names earlier in the year. I bought like a couple like you know, 10 or 11 of them just to sort of roll the dice and let it ride. Uh, I'm really curious to see how this plays out, right? You know, who's going to be the winner? of uh, this sort of like Web3, um, you know, URL link as it were, because now there's competitors that are popping up. Um, ENS did a good job with, with distributing the coin. Um, and I think that uh, they're winning the game so far. It's, it's, it's curious, right? Who's gonna, who really is gonna win the race and everything? Like if we look back like 2003 and you looked at the search engine race, who was gonna win? Was it gonna be Google, was it gonna be AOL, was it gonna be Yahoo? People would have probably guessed Yahoo, but it turned out it was Google, right? So mm-hmm. we just don't know. And so I would say that to anybody that's out there saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend my bag on 15 ENS addresses, I would say proceed with caution, you know, really mitigate your, your, your risk level uh, and pay attention to your risk tolerance. That's your heart talking to you, you know, because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, you could believe that you're going to rack up a bag of ENS addresses and then 12 months from now, they're worth fuck all, you know, <laughs> we just don't know i mean nobody has a crystal ball i wish i did
0: you know i think that's a great piece of advice for anybody who is new or, or looking to get into the nft space this is a highly speculative and unregulated market so don't play with any money you can't afford to lose uh david i really really appreciate you coming on today great conversation i hope to see you in denver uh before we wrap this up i just want to give you uh you know uh, a platform to to make any shout outs plug your your work your projects uh whatever it might be the floor is yours
3: i appreciate that and i definitely look forward to seeing you guys in in east denver it's going to be a great time uh, i'll be in there on wednesday so definitely uh i'll connect you guys with my cell on the back channels um i i hope that you guys just you know you can go on OpenSea, search david bianchi um i did the Pranksy box you know so there's some pieces out there that are that are available for like 0.3 um my ones of ones sell for six eth that's the floor of my ones of ones on super rare but you guys posted the link on super rare please check out my work on super rare and keep in mind all my work is audio visual so Put your headphones on, immerse yourself in it, experience it. And um, for anybody out there that is collecting, great. If you do collect, I wanna connect with you. I wanna have a conversation with you and learn why you're interested in my art because I like to create relationships, right? Um, The other piece of this is that if you can't afford my art, that's great too. If it inspires you, tweet it. If it inspires you, talk about it in a Discord because we're only as powerful as our community, you know, and that's that's really, really important. And um, you know, final thought, Um, for anybody that's out there is that the only, that the distance between greatness and mediocrity is your perception, right? Think about that. The distance between greatness and mediocrity is your perception. So focus your perception on being great and you can achieve anything that you want, but you have to own it first.
0: David, I got chills right now. Nothing to add to that. I'm just going to cut it off. Thank you so much once again. Thanks guys. Peace and blessings.